to keep him wrapped in its gloom but after three days the master did rise death was defeated Christ was alive he's still alive still on his throne still coming back to rapture his own he's still
Amen. If you take your Bibles, look with me in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, if you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Hadn't it been good to be in the Lord's house today? Am I on, Brother Jeff? Am I on? Okay. Well, I, I want to share this. Uh, I talked with Brother Jimmy this morning, and we're going to work out the details tonight. Uh, so be here for this. But we are shooting to have Sunday morning service in the brand new building over there, September the 15th, is the plan for the first Sunday morning service in the new sanctuary. Y'all can amen that. My Lord. Y'all can't get excited about that. Something wrong. Aren't y'all excited? Hadn't God been good? He has blessed us all along the way. It is overwhelming to think of the blessings of the Lord. God's been good to Promised Land Church. He's been good to each and every one of us individually. We ought to praise His holy name. Don't let anybody silence you. Don't let any trial or circumstance shut you up. You praise His name. He's worthy to be praised. I want to read but one verse this morning. James chapter 1 and in verse 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I want to read that last part one more time. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. You may be seated. I want to speak to you upon that subject this morning, unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. James reveals a command from God to these Jewish believers. And I want you to remember that he's speaking to Jewish believers that are scattered about upon the face of the earth. And so they're going into these lands that is not their home. And he is reminding them as they go through these foreign places to keep themselves unspotted from those foreign places. May I remind you, child of God, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. And as we're on this journey from the very day that we get born again in the Spirit of God and we're made new creatures, understand that this world is no longer our home. We are headed to a place prepared for us by Jesus Christ. Until that day that He calls us home, we have one command, one main command, that we need to apply to our life, and that is to remain unspotted from the world in which we live. That we are not to put on the things of the world anymore, but we are to remain pure to those things that God has given us. We've sang and sung about that foundation this morning. We've sung about remaining there and staying there and trusting in Him. But child of God, there is this something within us, within our flesh, within that nature that still loves this whole world. And that old part of us still wants to go to that world and leave that foundation. Man, we've sung about that foundation this morning, but I think if we were all honest, we have trouble staying at that foundation. We have trouble staying there on a daily basis because of the temptation of the world, the temptation of society. Unspotted simply means to be without blemish or to be pure. Understand that God wants us to be without blemish. He wants us to live a pure and holy life. 
child of God, He no longer wants you to live in the sin of this world, but He wants you to separate yourself. And now the diet of a believer is that we only take in those things that are of the Lord. We only take in those things that are holy and righteous. And if that is right, that means there's a lot of things in this world that we have no business being a part of anymore. And the Lord told us to remain unspotted. Remain unspotted. Now the, the word world here represents the worldly system. The worldly system outside of the kingdom of God. Now there's two kingdoms. The worldly system and God's kingdom. The kingdom of God is led by God Himself. The worldly system is led by the prince of the air. And that's the devil. He is the prince of the world. He is the God of this earth, the little G God. But no, there's only one big G God. And I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather live my life for the kingdom of God than for the kingdom of Satan. And understand that everything outside of God's kingdom belongs to the, this worldly cosmos system that represents the devil. And you say, preacher, this is hard, this is tough. Well, I want you to know that Jesus set an example for us. And He came to this world, and may I tell you today that He didn't spend every day with the righteous, but He spent every day with the sinners. And He ate with the filthiest. He hung out with the dirtiest. He went out with the, with the, the people that were just involved and engulfed in sin. And He spent His entire life around people that were dirty and no good. He spent those, those years during His ministry with the filthiest of the filthiest. But yet when He came to present Himself before God, the Bible said that with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, when Jesus came to present Himself as the Lamb of God, He was without spot. Understand that Jesus lived in this earth without spot. And if He can do it, He can do it for us. You say, preacher, I can't live that kind of life. I'm not asking you to live that kind of life. I'm asking you to put your life in the hands of Jesus Christ and let Him do it for you. If you're going to remain on that foundation, it's going to be by His power and by His hand and His mercy. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 13. And I want us this morning to look at an example of somebody that was on that solid foundation but temptation came, sin came, the world came, and the desire of this world to spot this Christian family was so styled and so strong. And we know of Abraham and Lot, these men that came from the earth, Chaldees, and God blessed them in this land, and He brings them to this land, and He says, here you go, you have all this land, and the problem that they had is they had too many possessions. And the land couldn't hold all their possession. And so God divided them in the land and said, Abram, you go here, Lot, you go here. And I want to pick up in verse 10. Genesis 13 and verse 10. It said, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest into Zor. And Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. 
Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pinched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I want you to notice first off this morning, spotted by the sin of the world. Understand that the world wants to spot you. And we see four steps in the life of Lot that begin to spot and to taint his life. Christian, I want you to listen this morning because every single one of us is tempted just like Lot was. Understand there's not anybody in here above or below sin. Understand that any one of us can give in to sin. And I learned a long time ago not to get on anybody else because I'm one decision away from being in the same mess, having the same problem. And so the world desires to spot us. Well, notice how it starts here. Look there in verse 11. Look there in verse 11. Excuse me, verse 10. And it said, And Lot lifted up his eyes. The first thing that Lot did is he set his eyes upon Sodom. And we notice in the Scripture that he put his eyes upon this place that looked so pleasant. And so what did he do? He pitched his tent toward Sodom. He got as close as he could to that place that looked so good. The first step that begins to spot us is we become friends with the world. Understand that he started getting closer and closer and closer with Sodom. Sodom looked good. Sodom tasted good. Sodom sounded good. And understand that when he laid his eyes upon this place of Sodom and Gomorrah, he wanted to go towards this place. Well, here's the problem. He's supposed to be living in the promised land. He's supposed to be living in a land flowing with milk and honey that God had promised for him and Abram. And here he's in this God's country here, and he's looking over into the, into the world, and he says, man, I like what I see. And so what does he do? He begins to draw closer. He becomes friends with Sodom. He becomes friends with the Sodomites and all of these people involved here. And he got as close as he could. Because he wanted to be friends. He liked what he saw. And friend, Jesus became friends with sinners, didn't he? But he did it out of compassion and not compromise. And folks, God tells us to go in the world and take our faith. But he told us to no longer be like the world. He told us to separate ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with being friends with sinners. But there is something wrong when their habits become our habits. When their mouth becomes our mouth. When their diet becomes our diet. And understand there's nothing wrong with going out and reaching out to people. But it's when their life begins to influence us more than our Christianity is influencing them. Understand when you are being the kind of Christian friend that God wants you to be, you'll be a bigger influence on them than they will to you. That's what being a friend with the world is all about. Is you making an impact on them. Friends, we're living in a society today where the church looks more like a bar and a club than it does a church house. We're living in a day in society where it seems like the world has more influence on the church than the church has on the world. You be careful snuggling up with the world. 
You be careful with how close you get to this world and the sin of this world. There's nothing wrong with being friends with them, but there's a level and there's a line. James said, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? If you get too close with the world, it will begin to affect your relationship with Jesus. You can get so close to them that you get away from Him. And the closer you get to them, the further away you'll go from Him. And folks, it goes the other way around. The closer you get to Him, the further away you get away from this world. You want to remain unspotted, you get closer to Jesus. He set His eyes. He became friends. Then what did He do? He moved to Sodom. He pitched His tents towards Sodom. He fell in love with it. He liked what he saw. And man, he became friends with them. And then before he knew it, he said, i got to go get me some of that. Man, that's so good. And man, it looks so pleasant. And they look so happy. And look so carefree. Man, all them church people, they always burden down. <laughs> man, it's kind of depressing. Whoo. Oh, yeah. It's depressing when a church server is like a funeral service, ain't it? And the world goes out there, and they're just like, they're carefree. They ain't got a care in this world. They're living life how they want to. And man, that's easy to fall in love with. And so the first thing is he became friends with them, and then he fell in love with that world. He fell in love with the things of the world. He fell in love with the habits of the world and the likes of the world. He began to worry more about what the world thought than what God thought. And you know what happens when you become friends with the world and you begin to love the world? Your love for Jesus begins to change. And you take your focus and your attention off of Him and you put it on worldly things. That's why we don't hardly have time to serve Him a lot of times. Because we got too many worldly things going on. That's why we don't have time for one hour of the week to go to church sometimes. Because our life is too busy. We don't have time in some days to stop and pray or to stop and read our Bible because we're eat up with the things of the world. Oh, folks, keep your love on Jesus. Keep your focus right. You stay in love with Him. And if you stay in love with Him, He'll be the preeminence of all that you are. And I promise you the world will take a back seat to the things of God. Don't you love this world? You love Him. You love Him. Love Jesus. Love what He's done for you. The Bible said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Whew, I'm getting some looks now. You better be careful loving this world. We get so attached. We get so close. But preacher, we want to be just like them. And we want to do it just like them. Friend, God saved us. And when He saved us, He changed us. And this is no longer our country anymore. This is their country. This is their world. We've got a home prepared for us. That's so much better than this. And the world we got coming don't have cancer in it, praise God. There's no alcohol in that place. There's no drugs in that place. There's no same-sex marriage in that place. There's no abortion in that place. May I tell you, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And the world that we belong to is supposed to be different than this world we're living in. We're supposed to be different. He set his eyes. Then what did he do? He moved to Sodom. Then what happened? Sodom moved unto him. 
When you move to Sodom, eventually Sodom will move into you. He fell in love with the world and then he conformed to the world. When you fall in love with this world, eventually you will lose your convictions. You will lose everything that you believe. They will make you compromise all of your beliefs according to thus saith the Lord. So what do we begin to do? We begin to conform. We become just like them. We look like them. We dress like them. We eat like them. We do things like them. And folks, I've got tons of family that's lost, dying and going to hell. And when I say them, I do not offend anybody. Because I love them. And so does the Lord. But we're not supposed to be like the world anymore. What happened when he went to Sodom? They begin to change. Their convictions begin to change. They're no longer standing where they used to stand. We sang this morning, On Christ the solid rock I stand. There's been a lot of folks step off that rock. There's a lot of folks that stepped off the Word of God. We conform. Be just like them. Folks, I want them to be like us. God wants them to be like us. I'm not judging anybody because God's already done the judging part. Whew. Huh. Well, here are you to judge. I'm not, because He is. He's the judge. And understand today that our life is supposed to be different. We're not to conform to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Word of God is supposed to change us and to make us look different. May I say this? I have zittly squat one ounce of desire to be cool. Well, you're not the cool preacher. Amen. That's okay. I don't want to be the cool preacher. I want to be the holy preacher. <laughs> I don't want to be the cool church. I want to be the church that does it God's way. And the reason that we are where we are at promised land is we don't care what everybody else thinks. We care what God thinks. Well, you need to be this guy. I'm going to be one kind of preacher, and that's the preacher God wants me to be. Well, you know, we need to turn the lights off and let the strobes go. If somebody wants to do that, let them go do it. We're going to be who God wants us to be. And everybody else can go do their thing. And if they're happy between them and God, then praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But folks, enough's enough. God don't want us to be cool or hip or popular. He wants us to live holy lives. He wants righteousness in our life. He wants righteousness in our worship and in our daily walk and in our service. He don't care about what's hip and cool. He don't care about the trends of society. All He cares about is holiness. You know why? The Bible doesn't say God's a cool God. It says He's a holy God. When the angels got around them, they went to shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which is, which was, and is to come. God ain't worried about cool, but He's worried about holy. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. I don't know about y'all. God, God ain't worried about being cool. He's worried about being right. And may I tell you, it's never wrong to be right. You be right, God take care of the rest. Sodom moved in a lot. Whew. And then Sodom was destroyed. He conformed to the world and he was condemned with the world. 
You turn to their things, you get ready to face the consequences of those things. And you'll be judged along with them. You don't want their judgment, folks. Let me say that again. Y'all don't want to face the judgment that they have coming. We've escaped that judgment through faith in Jesus Christ. We don't want to be found in the consequences and in the judgment of God towards sin. But I want you to go to chapter 19. If you're with me, say amen. amen. And I want you to notice a few things, and we're going to be done. About spotted by the judgment of God. Lot endured the judgment of sin. When you live in the world, you get ready to face the consequences of the world. When you get off that solid rock, you get ready to fall and you get ready to slip. And you get ready to stumble. I know we don't really like these sermons. I know y'all probably wish I'd preached on the love of Jesus today. But folks, I am preaching on the love of Jesus today. Whew. Every now and then we need these kind of sermons. Because I'm tempted every day. And you're tempted every day. I, I want you to notice what it said in verse 13. The angels came to his house. The men of Sodom came to try to get him, to kill him. Notice what the angels told Lot. He said, for we will destroy, in verse 13, for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. Wonder how the sin of this world is crying out before God. Hmm. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out, spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place. For the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Consumed in the iniquity of the city. He said, Get out of here. The judgment of God is coming. Get out of here. Get yourself to a place away from this world, away from this city, because the judgment of God is coming. Child of God, the Bible says the judgment of God is coming. Amen. And I don't know about y'all, when Jesus comes back, I don't want to, Him to find spots in my life. I don't want to be a part of this world when He comes back. I don't want to be living in Sodom when He comes to get me. Friend, that's no life to live. You say, preacher, I'm there. I'm spotted. And I don't know how to get out of it. Verse 16 said, And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters. And the Lord being merciful unto him. Can I read that again? And the Lord being merciful unto them. Amen. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. How did he get out? He took the hand of the angels. And God sent His angels to lead them out. Whew. I'm, glad, I'm glad God sent His Holy Spirit to lead me out. Sodom and Gomorrah is a miserable place to live for the child of God. Because God's not going to give up on you. And the Holy Spirit's still there convicting us. And He's trying to take us by the hand and say, Come on, let's get out of this place. You've got no business living here. Get on out of this sin. Get on out of this, this lifestyle. Get on out of this. You say, preacher, I don't know how. 
Folks, you take the hand of the Lord and God will lead you out. Some of the toughest sins in my life that I put in the Lord's hands, I said, God, I don't know how I'm going to quit this, but I'm going to put it all on you. And if you want me to quit this, you're going to have to make me and help me quit it. And he took me by the hand and he led me out. I'm glad God would lead us out of this world and lead us back home. We always talk about going home to the Father and Him waiting on us, we're not going to get back to His house without Him taking us by the hand and leading us back to His house. Whew. Notice what He said. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that He said, Escape for thy life. Get out of here. What does the Bible tell us? Flee from the world and from sin. Look not behind thee. Get out of here. And don't look back. Child of God, we need to get out of there. We don't need to look back. You say, preacher, I can't help but look back. You know what, child of God? You know why we don't have to look back? Because our future is too bright. And we have so many promises about tomorrow that we can take our emphasis and focus off of yesterday. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to look back. Whew. I'm glad I don't have to look back. But I'm glad I got somewhere to look forward to. And as long as I'm looking back, I'm not looking forward. And if I'm not looking forward, I'm not looking to the King of Kings. I got a whole lot more ahead of me than I do behind me. That's why we don't have to look back anymore. Preacher, I love this world. Preacher, man, this thing brought so much to me. Oh, if you'll meet Jesus this morning, you'll find more promises than you've ever heard of in all your life. If you'll break yourself down before the presence of an almighty God, God will save you. And He'll wipe yesterday away. And He'll give you a future like you've never seen. You say, preacher, I want to have that kind of future. Folks, I want you to have it. But I can't do it for you. But I know a man who can. And the same God that grabbed Lot and grabbed his wife and grabbed his kids is the same God that can grab your hand today. Lead you out. But don't you look back. Whew. I'm glad I don't have to look back because I'm looking forward. Notice what he said. Neither stay thou in all the plain. He said, leave. Don't look back and don't go back. I'm glad God brought me out. Amen. Child of God, don't go back. Amen. But if you wouldn't look back, you wouldn't go back. And as long as you're looking back, you'll be tempted to go back. Fire rained down from heaven. Notice verse 24. And the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And He overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities that which grew upon the ground. Let me tell you something, child of God. We can conform all we want to, but God's not going to change. And he's going to judge sin. I don't, I don't care how much you change. God is not going to change. Amen. And when the end comes, he's going to judge it for what it is. Right. And that's what he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all look at me. I don't want to lose your attention. Y'all drifting away. Look at me. I'm getting to where I want y'all to be. Notice what he said. In verse 26. But his wife looked back from behind him. What did God tell him? 
look forward. Don't look back. She looked back. And she became a, a pillar of salt. Wonder how many good people have been lost because they just couldn't get their eyes off the world. They just kept having to go back and go back. And every time God bring them back, they just turn their head. Folk, quit, quit turning your head and look forward to the King of Kings. Verse 27, Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. Abraham didn't move, did he? He stayed right there in the land of promise. The Bible said in verse 28, And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the plain, and beheld, lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. I see the righteous standing back, seeing the judgment of God. Those living the way God's told them to live, they're sitting back on the outside and they're looking in. And there he was in the morning meeting with God like he always had. The world been up partying all night long. He's been fast asleep. But he got up early to seek the Lord. And when he sought the Lord, he looked out and smoke was just rolling. Could you imagine the heart of Abram thinking about his brother, thinking about his family? The world was being destroyed while this man of faith is sitting on the outside looking in. Folks, it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to live right. It pays to remain unspotted from the world.